What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster to be here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast, where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on the phone lines, I'm going to welcome in a woman who is an independent adult star. She's all kinds of different crazy and exotic and kinky stuff on her social medias. And i just been smitten by her since I've seen her and been begging her. Like, literally, I've been, like, hitting her up on the DMs and be like, please come on the podcast, please come on the podcast. So she's finally on, so I want to welcome in Miss Lola Faye. Lola, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing awesome, and uh, thank you for taking time to uh, talk to us. And uh, as I mentioned, you are, I mentioned you are an independent adult star. So when you see that and you read that, what does that mean? Like, is that because you're not represented by, like, a company? Like, what... Oh, well, for a while, um, I had left my agent. I'm actually with them again now, but we have an agreement where if a company approaches me and they want to book me directly, he's not going to give me or them shit about it. Uh, so essentially, I am I do most of my bookings independently, but I do have an agent. Okay. So it's like being in an open relationship. Like you're kind of with yeah, somebody, it's... not with <laughs> Oh my goodness. Your, your partner's not going to give you shit if somebody comes up to you and like is like, hey, so I want to hook up with you and, you know, they're not going to give you shit about it. Exactly. I wish I wish everybody had a working relationship like that. Like, that's pretty awesome. Um, but, <laughs> I, I mean, I, would be nice. I found you just like surfing online. And just for people that are listening to the podcast, like, I don't just surf online all day looking, you know, at porn. Um, <laughs> so don't, don't, it's not how that kind of happened but I mean it's like I'm going through like my Twitter timeline stuff and people you know they retweet things or you know I see them having a conversation with somebody else and I'm not exactly how or sure I you know came across your profile but I came across your profile and I'm like dude I need to get her on the podcast like just came off very chill and I just wanted to know so much about you because I wasn't like extremely familiar with your work I mean that's part of the great part of doing podcasts. We have to do the research and find out about your work, which means we watch a lot of your porn. Um, but mm-hmm. I was curious, like how, like how did you get started into the business? I got into adult film by, well, I started modeling um, when I was sixteen, and when I was eighteen, um, I was doing freelance nude modeling. So I'd already had nudity out there. Um, and I was really interested in being a dominatrix. I found it extremely fascinating and amazing that you could like crush a man's balls and be paid for it. You know, like things <laughs> just it's the the super deviant nature of being someone in charge really um, drew me in. You know, the fact that you would be able to like lead your own lifestyle and then also you were doing such a heinous act that allowed people to like appreciate it like i i love that all about it um so i started with fetish porn um and i started working with a company in florida called uh sorry (laughs) goddess foot domination was the name of the company and we were making a website but it was taking a while and so I had this idea of making this website where I was doing femdom porn, but I wasn't nude. I would be totally clothed, and I liked the contrast between it, right? And also my pussy had never been shown anywhere. So it was like I had this nude modeling, but no one had ever seen, like, an up-close, direct look of my genitals. 
Um, so I liked having that sort of little space in between. Um, but I was filming these videos for three months. We hadn't set up the website yet, and I was about to go to Peru. And uh, I was like, well, I, I would like to have some more money to go on this two-week trip to an amazing place. And a friend offered me to do my first adult scene for a subsector site of Reality Kings. So I was like, I mean, fuck it, why not? So I took that check and I went to Peru with it and it ended up being worth like three times as much as it would have been in the U.S. So, I mean, you couldn't have like taken out a loan or got like, you know, an advanced cash payout or something on a credit card? You, you know, oh, you I know. would never do that. <laughs> I would never go and take a loan for anything unless like it's like a business venture, you know. I'm not going to take a loan to go on a vacation. You'd be surprised um, what people do. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I mean, I've I've been in college, you know, I've used my credit card to pay for things. Like, while I was in college, I was working full-time, and, like, still, you just never had fucking enough money. Um, you know, like, with car payments and stuff, I was, at one point, um, like, I was going to school full-time. I was tutoring kids in the evening. Um, I was working restaurants during the weekend, so, like, my week was jam-packed Monday through Sunday. And then the only days that I took off were to do modeling. So I was taking off to do other work. So that just wasn't sustainable. And I wanted an alternative lifestyle. So, so I mean, when growing up, were you always kind of like out there? Were you kind of like okay with being nude? Or I had a friend, actually, um, when I was a young child who would run around naked in the front yard. And I was just like, what are you doing? That's so bizarre. And she just loved it. Um, and her parents let her do it, and, you know, whatever. And, you know, now as an adult, I can really appreciate that because I'm like, wow, her parents just let her do this thing because, like, they were able to keep her safe and comfortable. But for me as a young person, that was pretty bizarre. Now, when I started getting into my preteen years, I had um, an early relationship. Like, I had an early sexual relationship, and then I went to, like, weird church camps and shit, and I was always, like, the odd one. Like, I was always just an odd person. Like, even in porn, like, I'm still very different from most girls, um, both personality-wise, uh, interest-wise, and then, like, the way that I look. I'm always, like, kind of, like, this pretty odd duckling. Um, so it's always been, there's always been, like, this sense of, like, black sheepness. Okay. So it was, the, I mean, did that, like, factor in you doing it? Was it almost like a, like a rebellious type thing where you wanted to be, you know, because you were like the black sheep that you wanted to be different or? Um, no, it wasn't rebellious because it wasn't rebellious in the sense that I was doing it to go against my parents. I had always been a very good child. Like I want to make my parents happy. I do want the people around me to not hate my job, but also at the same time, I want to be authentic and true to myself. And something in my heart was like, do this, do this to be able to step outside of the norms and really like take control of your life. Now, was your family and friends, were they like cool with it? I mean, you want to make them proud, like you said. I mean, what was their initial reaction to that? Of course, everyone's. I'm sure shocked and disappointed, but at the end of the day, they love me, and I know that any reaction that my parents have towards me is always going to be out of love 
So I was never really concerned on that end. And, you know, I have a good relationship with my parents. So when you were saying, like, you're independent and you're kind of working with an agent and everything, when you got into the business and, you, you know, they did this scene and paid you out, you got to go to Peru, after it was all said and done, did, did you were like, I want to keep doing this? Or was it something where you were like, all right, you know, that was cool, it was like a one-off? Or, like, what was your mindset after you fully committed to it? Oh, actually, really funnily enough that you asked that, when I finished my first scene, the male talent who was dating the friend that got me in to adult film, the male talent was like, so do you think you're going to do this again or is it just like a one-off, like, you know, do you want to come try this again? And I was like, who the fuck does this once? Like, you <laughs> smeared your name already. You might as well make a damn good profit off of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because once it's out oh, there, it, it's it, out there, you know. There's no, there's really no turning back at that point, you know. So unless you're getting paid real crazy guap to, you know, do it the one time, I mean, fuck it, you might as well keep doing it. Yeah, no, the only way you make, like, an insane amount of money doing something in porn one time, um, like an insane amount of money, uh, would be if you are, like, a pretty big social media star or, like, a movie star beforehand and then you get offered a really good contract because you're going to bring a lot of eyes onto the site so you're going to make them a lot of money but also new girls make the companies a lot of money too so how long have you been officially in the game it has been officially four years and three months okay. and in that time like have you kept count of how many scenes you've shot oh no Okay. I, I, I always have no. guests tell me that they're on they, they on a set and they shoot so many different things and then it gets you know spliced up and used amongst you know all kinds of projects that they see sometimes yeah. they don't even know where any of their stuff goes to like is that a little is that like weird oh, or creepy yeah. to you that like I, just shot stuff you don't know where it's going I don't find it creepy because I you know I'm an adult yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing this under my own volition so it wouldn't be creepy at all now um, like, what's weirder than having people masturbate to you for a living? <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, do you think about that though? Like, that's the thing. Like that. Like, are, are you just so focused on doing what you're doing that you don't really take a step back think, and think about it? I don't think about it at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I do think about it in brief, it's more of like an empowering sort of thing because. If anything, I'm a believer that sex magic is definitely real. So if a bunch of people around the world are just jerking off and thinking about me, you know, it, it only makes me more powerful. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you mentioned that it, this was a friend of yours who was dating this guy that did your first, you know, guy scene. But what was, take us through, like, the emotions and the mindset of when you're on there on the first day on set, getting naked and having sex with a complete stranger? Honestly? Uh, pretty nerve-wracking, you know, of course, it, you know, super nervous, you can tell, uh, but thankfully now I've got the gift of gab and I can ad-lib through anything, but the first thing you can tell that I was super nervous, I was excited, you know, it's, it's kind of hot, I'm definitely an exhibitionist, I'm a performer at heart, so I do enjoy it, it was fun, for sure, but it was definitely nerve-wracking at the same time. Now, what, does that affect, like, relationship status for you? Like, are you in an open relationship, or is it harder for you to date people because of what you do? Or 
currently my relationship is monogamous. We came into the relationship with the ideals of poly and we will be poly eventually just currently for the time during COVID it makes more sense to be monogamous uh, and it, it's it's hard to like try to date other people and micromanage those sorts of things right now. Also with work has been super busy too so when when you have sex for work and you can kind of fulfill those niches it's not as impeding but it does affect relationships in the sense that people will want to feel balanced at first when they first start dating you. Like they want to almost be able to like weigh it out somehow, like in their head, like they want to see other people while you're working or something. Like they want to not be alone while you're having sex with someone, you know, whether it be like romantically with someone else or like individually. But over time, that's not sustainable it's not the healthiest way to look at it and people grow to understand and learn or they just can't deal um thankfully i've had very wonderful and accepting partners i was gonna say it's almost like you got to have like a nanny for them at home or something like while you're gone working there's somebody keeping (laughs) them entertained or you know what i mean so um why do you feel that way about my cats (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, that's cool, though, that, you know, that you've, you've obviously, you know, been able to find people that were uh, okay with the idea, because there's so many past guests that I've had on where they're like, relationships are just, just not anything that they even think about or can even have, because everybody's cool with it. Everybody wants to say they're dating a porn star or, you know, an adult film star, but then shit gets real after a while, and then they realize that that's, they can't handle it. Um, so people just, like, just totally don't even partake in relationships. But it's cool that you're able to have people yeah. that are understanding of that. Um, so the cool thing was is that I always kind of field questions from fans, and we got a lot of people that were sending me in questions, I guess uh, people that are followers of you on Twitter. Uh, so they were just blowing up my DMs. And uh, one person he wanted to know, and I mean, you know it in your Twitter bio, are you really 4'11"? Are you that short? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, which is cool, you know. I, I don't think I know anybody that's ever been, you know, four eleven. Um, but like, have, how is that like with as far as when you're doing scenes? Like, if, do guys feel like they're gonna hurt you, or like, does it like? Honestly, I don't think the men in this industry are really that concerned about <laughs> hurting someone um, because you just you are a sex athlete at this point. Like you have to be able to take some degree of like uncomfortability for on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are all tend to be really excited. Honestly, like they're like, Oh, you're a small thing that I get to throw around. I'm small. So like inherently some people, like some people will uh, equate small to tight. Right. So they're just like, Oh my God, like this is a fun day. Uh, I'm blessed with being cute. So, uh, I tend to get very positive reactions. They get, like to pick me up a lot. I guess that's that. I guess that's kind of like where I was leaning at. I was like, you know, for someone's like four eleven, I'm like, oh my god, I I feel like I could be like tossing you all over the place. But like, and you just you just bounce right back up and get right back in there, which is awesome. Yes, we we are sturdy people. <laughs> um, so another fan uh, said that you know, obviously you have some custom ink stuff going on there. Um, how many uh, tattoos do you have? That's a funny question because when you get a certain amount of tattoos and then they blend together, it's 
a better question to ask would be like, how many sessions have you sat? Okay. And even then, I don't know the answer. I can sit and like really think about it, but I've had my nipples tattooed like four or five times now. So even there, I'm like, I don't even know the specifics because I've had to get certain things like redone and things just blur together over the years. Because I started getting tattooed when I was 15. And my first tattoos were my nipples because I was like, I can hide this from my parents. Which one, uh, um, which hurt the most? But which hurt the most? Definitely my nipples. <laughs> Definitely my nipples. Uh, rib pieces are a bitch too. Um, but if I'm trying to like surmise the spaces that I have tattoos, it would be seven okay. um, places, like seven different areas. I have my sternum and my ribs tattooed, which would be technically like one piece. Um, I have my nipples tattooed, but I consider them one piece, even though they're two different spots. Um, the back of one of my caps is tattooed. I have a thumb that says radiate love on it. And I have uh, my thigh tattoo, which is a mandala that I got for free. And it's, I, I, it was a fun free tattoo. My second free tattoo, um, is done by... A lovely Russian man named Levon, and he's um, teaching me the tattoo actually currently. But I have the Donnie Darko bunny um, with a blood splatter around his eye on one of my forearms. And then on my other forearm, I have um, a peony flower and some dot work hives and a bee, which just reminds me to be eco conscious. I mean, I'm pretty eco conscious in general, but it just is reflective of like what matters to me essentially. And then I have like this pretty mandala with these mountains to remind me that I love camping and I need to go camping soon. <laughs> and I guess that leads a nice segue. It's like, what do you enjoy doing on your free time? I mean, how, well put it this way, how often do you shoot content and then how much down free time do you get to yourself? And in that time, what do you like doing? How often do I shoot content? Um, most weeks, probably like two to five times a week, depending on the week. Um, but twice a week is usually the minimum. I like to do, for free, oh God, I, I, I like to do too many different hobbies. I'm a pretty artistic personality. Like I like to paint and draw, but I'm currently learning to tattoo because it's a new challenge and I have some sort of, um, what's the word, accountability by having to go into the shop and like do it. So I make sure that I get my art time in. I like to do yoga and camping. I read, I journal. I'm really into mycology. So I want to start taking classes to be in mycologist. So saying all that, want to be, you know, all these different things, how much longer do you think you would be in the adult business? Is it something that you always feel like you'll have some sort of connection to? whether it be maybe behind like, the scenes sometimes? I feel like uh, I will always have a connection to the industry in the sense that, like, it makes good money and it provides jobs for people that are queer and weird and we like to do strange things for money, but we also value our time, right? Like, we don't want to just be stuck in these minimum wage jobs going through college. So people that are attracted to porn are attracted to, like, valuing their time well. And I like to be able to provide jobs for people. It's something that I've been fairly recently able to do, and that makes me very happy. So 
if I can open up some porn companies and have that always running on the back end, it's nice to make money in the background for sure. But like, I would love to do some creative adult products as well in the future. But I definitely do want to do other things. I have other goals. Because I mean, I, I don't I, really have an end date. I was gonna say because I hear a lot of people tell me guess. And I know everybody's different, and I hate to always kind of sound like I'm saying, you know, everybody kind of is lumped together, because they're not, and I know this. But there's guests that are always like, they have bigger plans of things they want to do, but they feel like once they've done this, like they're stuck, you know, like they can't break away from it, whether, you know, because the money's just too good, or they feel like, you know, the money was good, it helped them open up opportunities to do other things, but now they can't fully do these things because of their past is that something that ever crosses your mind, or are you just kind of just like a no fucks given I mean, type attitude? Of course, it crosses my mind. I love children. I like to work with kids. I used to tutor kids, as I uh, aforementioned. But I, you know, the way that I see that I will work with kids in the future is I want to um, have a farm animal sanctuary. And I would like to be able to educate children and just public people. Like, I just want to educate people about being more compassionate towards not only animals, but, like, each other. But I feel like being more compassionate towards animals and, like, being exposed to farm animals and being able to, like, see them will make people better understand, like, how their actions affect others. And that's, like, really important to me. So I don't think opportunities are necessarily cut off. I think it's allowed me to, like, really weed out the things that don't serve me. Because, like, if a company is not going to want to work with me because I've done adult, then that's fine. We don't have the same sort of values. Yeah, because, I mean, it's even me doing a podcast. Like, there's stuff that, like, I talk about that there's guests that are, you know, talk about some wild, crazy shit. And then, you know, other people are just like, yeah, I'm just not into listening to that. But they'll listen to other stuff that I have, you know? So I, it always kind of makes me wonder, like, I mean, you can't live life trying to please people. I get that. But I always wondered, if, you know, with talent, if they've always felt like not – I don't want to say the word regret, but, like, some type of, like, man, like, I could have probably done this and not gone through the adult business route to get here, if that makes sense. I get that. It, it totally, you know, for some people it doesn't serve them the way that they wanted, but I've always been, like, a very methodical person. So I always knew that everything will work its way out in a way that serves my highest good. Now, is there a company or anybody that you want to work with? I mean, you, you kind of have the luxury of, like you said, being independent, you know, on again, off again, working with an agent, you know, if somebody were to come your way, but... Was there ever any kind of uh, like a bucket list of talent that you wanted to work with, or you know, companies that you're like, dude, that's who I want. I totally want to you know work with. Oh yeah, definitely. I still want to work with Browsers. Um, I'm putting in the footstones to like just making it happen because um, I feel like as a talent at this point, I've proven myself. Uh, it would be cool to work for Vixen because they just shoot beautiful things and I would love to work for some of the more indie sites like if I could work for Four Chambered Heart that would be fucking incredible 
if I could work for like Less Cinema or um, just anything like that. I love those studios. They make really amazing work. Now, is there any talent that you're a fan of that you were like, I really want to work with this person? Because I mean, I know he's kind of roll in the same kind of circles. Because I always go to like the Exotica conventions and AVN, and you see people are friends with people, but then you're often surprised about how people are like they don't know each other. And you would be like, how do you not know this person? Like, you've probably worked with the same people. But is there anybody that you want to work with? If I could work with Bonnie or Alton, that would be incredible. Just because she's, like, really paved the way for, like, tattoo porn. But yeah. also she's just, like, such an astounding performer. Really like what she's done for herself in the world that she's creating. And it makes me happy to see her happy. Now, is there any um, talent that is still in the business that you're like, I want to work with? Aside from, you know, people that are, like, not in the business anymore. I mean, because I'm sure, you know, we all had our, our favorites when we first started watching. I know there's plenty of people that I was, I saw when I first, you know, was a, a preteen and teenager, and you're finding out, you know, porn for the first time, that those people are no longer working. But is there anybody that's current that you're a fan of? I'm a fan of... I love Joanna Angel. She's amazing, just as a human being. <laughs> she makes me happy. Love her. Uh, She's been on the show. Like, awesome person. I've never actually like had sex with her. I've worked for her many times, but I've never had sex with her. Um, and then... You and me both. Like I've had her on the podcast, but I've never had sex with her, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hmm. Who else? I mean, how much, I mean, do you watch other people's content? Because, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, I'm so fully engulfed in my own work that I don't even, not that I don't have the desire to watch other people's work, but I just, you know, it's just, it's like a lot of people compare it to like a regular job. Well, if you're, you know, if you're a cook, like you don't want to come home and have to cook dinner for your family. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, like, do you watch porn? Or is it something where it's like, once I leave the set, I'm kind of like, tune off on that and then you know i don't want to really think about it unless i'm back there again i do watch porn um very sparsely now at this point but i do watch porn um i do prefer um like girls with tattoos that's just you know i'm into tattoos so i i do find it really hot when i see a girl with tattoos but also like they tend to do more intense things but like the type of porn that i watch i like to watch like well, first of all, just to give you a reference, I started getting into erotic literature first when I was young, and then I moved into, like, hentai because I was into mangas and animes. So you can't go from anything from, like, brain stimulation and hentai to, like, you can't just watch regular boy-girl scenes. It doesn't fucking work that way. Um I do love to watch, like, double anal gangbangs, but it has to be with people, like, that I know that actually like that. Um, but I like to watch really intense stuff, like, right? Like, I love Bonnie Rotten because she squirts, um, and she does, like, really intense anal scenes. So that needing to watch things that I can't do also seems to be a thing. Like, I've never done double anal, so, like, watching someone do it, it's just, like, mind-blowing to me. <laughs> Are you open to doing it, though, or is it just you don't think you can? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what my, like, physical capacity is because I am a really small person. I mean, I've seen girls like Holly Hendricks do it and stuff like that, but 
I, I'm just curious as to like what my physical capability would actually be with that, but I would love to. Um, I, I'm considering trying to, you know, work my way up there. I need to do more anal training. I need to, I need to just ask my daddy to do more anal training with me and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, do you have a no list? I always ask people, do they have a no list? Is there anything where you're like, fuck no, don't do that? Don't put food near my genitals. I think it's heinous. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I had a guest on. I can't remember who it was, but they did a scene where it was like they had cupcakes, like stuck in there, and like they had like frosting and like you know like the little sprinkles and all that stuff. And to them, they they just got off on that shit. Yes, I mean it's I mean it's hot and, and stuff, but like I just don't want the yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. And you, and you don't want and you don't want to get and you don't want to get diabetes while having sex. You know what I mean? So like that's probably another thing too. It's just too much sweetness and you know it's just. And I'm really picky about like the frosting. You know, like if it's icing, if it's frosting, <laughs> if it's you know if it comes out of a can, if it's that real creamy like stuff. You know, it's just you know, there's a lot of factors that go into something like that. So no food. Is there anything else that you were like, nope, not even going to venture into that because food seems pretty mild. Compared to some of the stuff where I've had people say no to. Mm, I don't. I don't do obviously no scat. Um, not only is it illegal, but it's just like you know I I am pretty conscious about like cleanliness and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. If I don't do food, I'm not going to do scat. Um, no vomit either. I'm not down to like I don't I, like vomiting. I hate those scenes. I really do. <laughs> I. I mean, it's it's cool for the girls that like to do it. You know, it's like I'm sure you get paid more to do um, this particular act. It's just not my thing. I mean, there's different there's different things for you know different people, and you know some people just different strokes for different folks. It pretty much yes, you, that that says it all right there. You know, there's people that just like you know different what we may consider weird or you know disgusting and everything. But then I, I find that some people that they're so like they've watched so much stuff that they just, they have to like top the last thing that they watch. So like they may have started out just, you know, as a regular boy girl stuff, you know, and then it was like, they just had to keep getting more extreme and extreme and extreme, which is kind of frightening because where's the, like the end goal (laughs) for that? Like where Mm -hmm. do you, where do you stop? But, uh, I mean, it's good to know that, you know, what you, you know, won't do, but is there anything that you want to do? I mean, you said you kind of want to do double anal, but is there anything else that you would love to do that you just haven't done yet? I really want to work with more queer people. Um, I've been pretty heavily imbued into the uh, straight porn world, and I personally find myself to be a non-binary person. I'm pansexual, so uh, I would like to work with people who are just not cisgender people um because i've worked with plenty of them and they're all lovely but it would be nice to be a bit more authentic to my sexuality in that sort of sense um i've never had sex with a trans woman i've never i've been given the opportunity to work with a trans woman one time and then the pandemic it it didn't happen um so i recently reached out to a lovely lady um and hopefully i will be getting that together very very soon but uh, yeah i definitely want to work with more people that are not on the general binary spectrum. Now, you mentioned 
the pandemic and a lot of people and since the pandemic's happened we've had guests you know tell us their stories of how it's affected them um obviously that affected you being able to you know shoot this first ever trans scene but what else has it hurt or you know kind of delayed things for you and how how did you deal with that um you know at first i was working a lot like i was just fucking hustling because I was just like well everything's going to shit I don't know about the people around me being able to work but I can make money online and I know that I can so I'm going to work my ass off and I did um, and then I got it to be a bit more um, I started delegating tasks to other people and so it's a bit more sustainable for me because for a while I was just like constantly online constantly working um I'm still very busy, but it's nice to be able to do other things than just be on my computer. Uh, but it's been, it's honestly, it, it has affected things in the best way possible. Like OnlyFans has really opened up people to be more into like paying people directly for porn. You know, we don't know if OnlyFans is going to be a forever thing, but the fact that more people are into this one particular platform if OnlyFans ever falls, the people will be willing to follow to the next platform, you know? Now, what do you say for people who are, I mean, like I said, OnlyFans has blown up. You know, people knew about OnlyFans pre-pandemic, but pandemic OnlyFans was like another source of income for people who probably would have never even thought about doing something like that. What's your reaction to stories that you hear where people are, they're, not able to find work, or they were, you know, a bartender or a waitress, and they're not able to, to to make ends meet. So they went to the OnlyFans route and kind of been like shamed for it. What was your reaction to that? Um, obviously, I don't think people should ever be shamed for their line of work. Um, I do think some people got into it haphazardly and were not necessarily prepared for the repercussions that would come with being a sex worker. But um. You know, more power to them. I think we live in an abundant world, and I'm not concerned about them, like, stepping on my toes, essentially. Uh, and I hope that they make good fucking money and can get out of the slave wage jobs that they probably had before, because honestly, you know, like, I've worked in restaurants. I've been in restaurants, working in restaurants, like, my whole life. Like, my parents have worked in restaurants my whole life. Um, my parents have also been, like, my mother's a teacher, and my father uh, was a lawyer and a professor, and now he manages a bar. Way less stress for him, but, like, I've been in the same situations as they have been in, and I turned to sex work because it gets you out of feeding this machine. You feed a different machine. Now I feed a different machine, but, you know, <laughs> it, it is... Um, I have a lot more flexibility with my time and the things that I can do with my life. I'm able to learn. Um, you asked about hobbies earlier, and I do aerial sports as well. I forgot to mention that. But I have the time and the money to be able to do these sorts of projects that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Now, and so I hope these people get to find the opportunities that they seek. What do you think is the biggest misconception, though? of being in the, a sex worker in the business? That we're dumb, I would say, or that we're, like, dirty, you know? Not everyone's the most hygienic, let's be honest, but uh, a lot of us are very clean, and we're much cleaner than most civilians I know. Um, 
you know, we're business people. We're pretty much sharks a lot of the times. Um, but I don't consider myself a shark unless actually, no, I mean, sharks are cool. I like sharks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is, what's something that you would like to see changed in the business? Even if it, it doesn't have to be like something like a major overhaul, it could be something minor I'm, tweak. Uh, there's a lot of different overhauls, but honestly, I'm tired of like the salty bullshit that men have to feel like they need to say. Can, can men just stop being salty about girls making money on their own? Uh, that would be cool. Because there men uh, in porn, in different sorts of aspects of the industry, like, it's never women that say this shit. Never. It's always the men. <laughs> it, they, whether they're a director or, or whatever the fuck, but like, for some reason, they're just annoyed by girls that escort, which I understand, but they're, it's because they're annoyed by girls that escort and they're annoyed by girls making a lot of money on their OnlyFans because they would rather do that. And it's like, you know, for the people that want to do that, let them fucking do it. Uh, so if we could, if, if the guys could just stop being salty about girls, like finally, like making the money that they should be making. I kind of feel like it's a role reversal here. Like, now guys really know what it feels like when the majority of the, the jobs out there and businesses and companies are, like, male-dominated companies. You know, you're always talk, you're always yeah. hearing about, like, equal pay for women and how men are always, you know, they always get the jobs before women and these opportunities are not there for women. And now it's like women, like, own a certain criteria of, you know, work. And they're able to make crazy money doing it. And now the guys are like, well, you know, what about us? Why don't, you know, why aren't we able to make money? But at the end of the day, it's just like, let's be honest, like nobody watches porn for the dudes. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. you go to any of these conventions, there's like a handful of guys that might be there. But again, they're not, they're not the stars of the, the you know, the scenes or whatever. So it's kind of weird how it's, it, it's now they can kind of feel some of the pain that some of these women feel when they're not given opportunity. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Now, um, you know, and the thing is, is like the men in this industry that don't do well is because they're not seeking the opportunity. If you, you can, you can find the work, you can make the work. Like we're all just making the work happen. You just manifest it. Um, you just look for it, you put it out there and it will come to you. Oh, I mean, and it, and it goes back to you saying about, like, people thinking that people that are in the adult business are dumb or stupid or whatever. The guys that are successful, and there are ones that are out there, they're the ones you always see in all the scenes. They're the ones that actually have booths at Exotica and AVN and win awards for their work. Like, they, they accept their role. You know, they accept their position and their role within the community and in the, the field of, you know, the adult business. And... You know, they don't, I, I, just the way I look at it, they just, they're masters at what they know they're there to do. Not so much trying to do everything and be everything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, if you're really good okay. at being a male talent and you know that, like, the girl's the one is the top billing, she's the one who's going to get paid the most, you're going to, you know, you're not going to get paid like she's going to get paid. If you can, if, if more guys in the business, I think, accepted what their, their role was, and I don't say that, you know, in a mean way, but if you accept what your role is and what you're there to do, you'd be surprised how much more successful you would be. And you wouldn't have to be complaining about why other girls are making all this money because you're on the low key, on the low low, making your own money. 
Exactly. Like, whether you're a photographer or a videographer or a male talent, like, if you're struggling to find the money, you need to, first of all, change the way that you think about money and change the way that you interact with money um, into a sense where you're not, like, you can't, you can't stifle it, right? You can't, like, if you, like, hold on to something and they're so concerned about it all the time, you stop the flow. Mm-hmm. of it coming to you. You can't, like, you can't, like, suffocate the goose, right? Yeah. It consumes and you. So, mm-hmm. And so, with that, if you just continually put yourself out there, people will give you the opportunity. And if you're nice, you have to be fucking nice. You gotta be a good person. You can't be shitty. Yeah, it's like, it's like those shirts you see at, like, Walmart, the real cheap shirts that say, be kind. You know? It's not just a cheap t-shirt. It really is a real thing. Just be kind. It really is, yeah, honestly. <laughs> that $7 shirt. Nice. <laughs> that $7 shirt has probably one of the strongest meanings you'll probably ever find. You know what I mean? Just just don't be a douche, you know? They probably couldn't put just that don't on. don't be a douche. They probably couldn't put that on the shirt there, so they went the be kind route, which is the nice way of saying, don't be a douche. Mm-hmm. So... A couple questions before you get out of here from fans. Uh, one fan wanted to know, do you have any celebrity crushes? Ooh, and, don't, and don't say uh, you don't, because we all do. <laughs> I definitely do. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's a hot vegan. I love hot vegans. <laughs> Johnny Depp, touches my soul. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and Ron. Shit, that would be a really cool deep <laughs> that's that's a scene you have to make happen. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> that's my response. I, I would I would melt with pure happiness and cry, but also I just, I don't know. I I am the firm believer of we can truly make anything happen if you will it into existence and you believe in it hard enough. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't break down and cry to the point where you know you you just can't function. You know, I, I, I might need to take a breather. Like, I tell people I'm a big Jessica Alba stan. So, like, if I met her, like, I would probably bawl and cry like a fucking baby. I understand that entirely. <laughs> I was within, like, maybe, say, 100 yards of her at an event. And, like, I just I just broke down. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I like, I'm, like, hyperventilating here. Like, I can't breathe. <laughs> like, I, like, I want to meet her so bad. And, like, you just couldn't. That's about as close as I got to her is 100 yards. You know, but um, it was well worth the hundred yard. It was a well worth the hundred yard view. I was like, I can at least say I was in the same building as her. Like the same air particles pre-pandemic were going through me. Um, you know, so it was a, 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 a cool thing. You know that I was breathing the same air as her. Um, so you know, not, that's probably how some people feel at Avian. Yeah, you know. So like I said it was. It's one of those things that uh, I just. Uh, I'm just I'm 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 a loss of words now just thinking about it. I mean, listen to me, Jesus Christ! I can't even think straight now. Um, so yeah. So I, I have a question for you. Yes, definitely. I want to start a podcast. Um, and so, what are your recommendations for starting a podcast? Recommendations for starting a podcast. Here's my big thing, and I've said this on past episodes of podcasts and episodes of guests. Podcasting now is so like diluted. That it's, I compare it to like, um, like the music business. Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you putting out there that is different from anybody else? 
You know, you see shows like American Idol and The Voice and all these other competitions where people are want to be singers. And it's like, all right, so what are you doing? What is your look? What is your shtick? What is your whole thing that is different from anybody else that's out there in the world? And I'm really, truly convinced Definitely. that sometimes it's just a matter of pure fucking luck at times. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just, it's just right place, right time. Because there's a lot of great talent out there, like, music-wise, that just, for whatever reason, like, they're doing all the same shit that all the big names are doing. They're just not being noticed. So, yes. to give, like, a, a simple answer to that is, is tough, because if I knew what that one thing was that got you more noticed, then... You know what I mean? Like, I'd be fucking selling it somewhere, making a shitload of money doing infomercials. <laughs> you know, this is how you can... I get that. And you see that shit, too. Like, if you ever, like, scroll through Instagram or Twitter, you'll see these people are like, hey, you want to monetize from doing podcasting? Here's the answer. And I'm like, is it really, though, or is it just another part of the hustle? But... Well, yeah, I would say it's probably just another part of the hustle. I do have a really solid concept, um... Because I had, I had had fans that were asking if I had ever done a podcast and like I'd been thinking about it for a while and then I was getting my nails done recently and this girl was like, you should start a podcast, I would listen to you talk and I was like, oh, okay, but I've been, so I've been trying to narrow it down, um, but I'm going to keep that a secret. I'll yeah, don't give about a, that on the down low. Yeah, <laughs> that's something you and me can talk about off air. You don't want to give out any kind of like secrets or, you know, ideas because people will snatch shit up. And, you know, take your idea. But I also think, too, that one of the downsides of podcasting, at least one of the downsides and one of the good things that happened, like, obviously with the pandemic, like, a lot of people started doing podcasting. Like, you either were going to do the OnlyFans account or you're going to do podcasting. I got 20 years experience doing radio. So for me, it's like talking was never an issue. Podcasting, I was doing podcasting probably before it was even labeled podcasting. So to me, it was... You know, I'm just was continuing to do my own thing, but I was able with the pandemic to kind of expand, you know, so I was already kind of in the game, but then was able to expand it because you were finding you had a lot of more free time, can't go out anywhere. So what the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to research, figure out how I can grow my business and stuff like that. But then other people got into it and really had no formal training, no kind of concept of, you know, production, um, it, and it and it shows if you have a solid product that sounds good, people will want to listen. You know, again, it's like music. If you recorded something really good in a studio, people will want to listen to it. If you recorded something off your phone, you know what I mean, in your garage, you not many people are going to listen. But I yeah. think, but it also helps too that if you're successful in something else. It, it, it can, can kind of hurt you because I see a lot of celebrities that are doing podcasting and they're only getting listens because of their name. You know what I mean? Like they already have that, yeah. cl- they already have that clout, you know? So, I mean, I, I can't even think of, you know, like a celebrity off the top of my head, but I know there's people out there that have started a podcast and it's just like you're only getting clicks and listens because you're known for doing something else. You know, so take your favorite celebrity, and that celebrity's doing a podcast, and people are just listening to him because of their name recognition, not so much of the quality or content of the, you know, the podcast. Which it sucks because, again, like I said, it dilutes everything. And then the hard thing is trying to like me, my podcast, this here, 
is more interview based. You know what I mean? I could do yeah. a po- I could do a podcast every week where I pick about something that I talk about that I'm passionate about. But this is what I'm passionate about. I love talking to people and getting to know other people. You know, so like you're in the outdoors and you know camping and stuff like that. Like I could do a podcast where I'm talking about camping if I'm really passionate about it, but not that I'm not passionate or like any of that stuff. It's all cool and everything, but this is what I like doing. So it sucks. I understand that entirely. And it sucks because like when you're trying to get guests on the podcast, how do you get guests when that person you're trying to bring on the podcast has their own podcast? You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at podcasting from a, it's almost like a radio type thing. It's like everybody owns their own radio station. You know what I mean? Like yes, I, I understand that. Like if that, like so, for my advice to you is just that, you know, be prepared to, you know, fall into that. Like it's cool if you got friends that'll want to come on the podcast, but if you're trying to get complete strangers, people that you know you're just a, a fan of. Make sure that they don't already have their own podcast because they probably are not going to want to come on yours because they're like, well, I want people to listen to mine. Why am I going to go on yours unless they're trying to promote their own podcast? So there's a lot. Of, well, maybe I can do a deal and cross-promote them. Yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there's a lot of twists and turns to it, you know. But mm-hmm. but nobody wants to know about me. Nobody gives a shit about Mixmaster Bay. They want to know about you. So I want to take two more questions before you get out of here. Um, and I really like this one. So a fan wanted to know, um, where's the like, what's the wildest like sexual experience that you've ever had? Like I've heard some crazy things. <laughs> I know I just opened Pandora's box there, so this could be, you know, a, yeah, a lengthy um, answer. I mean, but <laughs> I've I've done a lot of like strange things. Like I've been to fetish parties and like after fetish parties so like you know the sex there is always really interesting um but I've also like I've been gang banged and stuff like that so those are really intense um honestly I haven't had anything that's capped as my wildest night yet so when that happens I'll be sure to let everyone know but unless you you know like being gang banged or like weird fetish party sex would probably be it I mean I've done a lot of like professional domination too so that would probably be the strangest sex for people to hear about. Um, like, I, I've taken a tentacle and fucked a man's ass with, like, this giant, like, probably between, like, two and three feet. Like, I'm not kidding. It was a very long toy. And have um, I went in between, like, giving this man an enema with alcohol, essentially, in it. Um, so he was both getting drunk and fucked in the ass at the same time. Now, that is something that I do not recommend you do at home. Um, it is something you have to be very knowledgeable about and very careful about because you could kill someone um, putting alcohol in their ass. So <laughs> don't try this at home, kids. Uh, that That is probably the strangest thing today that I can think of that would shock people. But, you know, it really, I feel like weirdest sex story is, depends almost on the listener. Now, see, so you were saying about how you want to do your own podcast. That could have been like your teaser right there for the podcast. I don't know where I've capped off yet, but when I do, be sure to hear it on the Lola Faye podcast. That's a good idea. See, it's all about marketing. You know, you got to have that, that business mindset with that. Um, and then uh, we'll do one more question here. Let's, let's find a good one here. So, and it's crazy, like, how many fans of yours, like, DM'd me and were like, ask her this, please ask her that. Um, 
So this fan wanted to know. Oh my goodness, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool that like you know you see all these fans that are sending me questions, and I apologize that I can't answer everybody's questions or you know ask everybody's questions. Um, but one fan wanted to know like, have you ever or would you ever hook up with a fan? Uh, my current partner actually now is uh, was a fan of mine. Um, he was a fan of me for like almost two years before we met, <laughs> so he knew who I was, um, and we had gone. He told me on our second date that he knew who I was, and so because I asked him, I was like, "So have you seen any?" Because I'm very straight up with what I do. I was like, "Have you seen any of my stuff?" And he was like, oh, "Yeah, I've probably seen like most of your porn," um, which I think was uh, probably an over exaggeration. But he, what he was trying to express was like, I was his favorite porn star, and somehow he managed to uh, find me on Tinder. <laughs> so yes, I would hook up with a fan. I'm dating a fan. <laughs> And make porn with a fan. Well, like, oh, well, I guess the guy, the reason the guy was asking, I was like, he probably doesn't know that you're in a relationship with someone. But is that something like you would still do? I mean, you're, you, you said you're kind of just open, you know, relationship wise. I mean, obviously COVID, and there's a lot of other things going on right now that you know you just don't. Yeah, want. if I vibe with someone and they're a fan, you know, I'm not gonna hold that against them if I want to have sex with them. <laughs> Very awesome. So the person that asked that question, and I don't like to mention people's Twitter handles or names, because I don't know if they have, like, uh, friends or family or anybody listening and are like, dude, I heard you. But then I always wonder if they heard that, that meant they were listening, too. Hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So. But what is, uh, anything else you want fans to know before, you know, we get out of here? Keep an eye on my social media accounts because I'm going to be doing a lot more things where you get to actually learn who I am and about the things that I care about. So if you like listening to me talk or in, like watching me do things other than porn, uh, definitely really keep your eyes peeled because I am underway on starting projects that are non-porn related uh, because I want to share my life in a different way with you guys. Very awesome. Let everybody know where they can cyberstalk you at. You can find me on my Twitter at LolaFayXXX, so L-O-L-A-F-A-E-X-X-X. On Instagram, it is at F-U-N-K-L-O-L-A-F-A-E, Funk LolaFay. Um, my personal OnlyFans where you can DM me just about any time of the day and I will answer you as long as I'm not asleep. Uh, and you can find all of my lovely homemade porn is lolafay.club. So come hang out in my club and we can have fun together. I love making customs too. So if there's any sort of thing you've ever wanted to direct me in, that is where you get your opportunity to ask me. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, you know, spending a little time with us, getting to know you a little bit. I feel like I'm a little bit more informed of who you are now, you know, that you're more than just eye candy, you know, like there's that extra special treat inside the candy. Um, so that <laughs> was really cool getting to know you, and we wish you all the success in the world. This is Lola Fay, and you are listening to Mix Master B on MMB Radio.